We're going to continue looking at 3 John this morning. We'll be focusing starting on the fifth verse today. One of the things that impressed me 23 years ago when National Lights called me to be the pastor here was your tremendous commitment to missions. This is a mission-minded church, and I think that is absolutely essential. I don't think you can be a church without being mission-minded. Now, there are some churches that are a little more than, than others, but, but we have to understand this is what God put us here to do, to share His good news with our world. And this church believes that. And as believers, we all know the importance of missions. We realize there are literally, and this is not pastorally speaking, this is not an exaggeration, there are literally millions, millions of people around the world who have not yet heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. According to our International Mission Board, there are over 10 million people, 10 million, who have no evangelical Christians living in their communities. They have no evangelical churches anywhere in their area. No access to any audio of the gospel, no access to any printed materials about the gospel, no access to Bibles, no access to hearing about Jesus Christ whatsoever. Over 10 million people. And that's not including the 997 million people who live in areas that are less than 2% evangelical in our world today that have no active church planting in their area for at least the last two years. We have a significant task before us to fulfill the Great Commission. It will take the combined efforts of every church and every believer to make sure that we take the gospel to the world. Here's the good news. We today live in a generation where travel and communications are easier than they have ever been before. We literally have the capability to go to every corner of our world today. The question is not whether we can do it. The question is, Will we do it? According to the International Mission Board, the gospel uh, through our international missionaries is shared 275,000 times a week. But the world population is growing at just under 1.5 million per week. According to their statistics, 154,937 people die every day without Christ. Folks, that's just under the population of Springfield. Think about that. Just under the population of Springfield dying daily without Jesus in their heart. That's bad news. But there's good news. In the last year that we have statistics from the International Mission Board, 
12,368 new churches were planted around the world by our missionaries. 89,325 people came to know Christ in one year. 535,325 heard the gospel. Those are great numbers. Those are wonderful numbers. We should be excited about that. But the need is obvious. How are we going to get that done? How are we going to reach 997 million people plus? Well, we're going to do it the same way the very first believers did. Third John records an important element to how this will happen, how this will get done, how we will reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Third John is a letter from the Apostle John, the disciple. He's writing to a friend of his, a fellow by the name of Gaius, to encourage his friend in the task. And, and one of the things that he is doing, in fact, one of the main things that John points out, that he applauds Gaius for what he is doing. Gaius was encouraging missionaries. And in verse 5, where we're going to pick up the passage this morning, John points out, Just how important this is, what Gaius was doing. Verse 5 says, Dear friend, you are faithful in what you're doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans, We ought therefore to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. Here's what Gaius was doing. He was letting people stay at his house. Now that's a pretty big deal. You know, to open your doors to somebody you don't know, that's a a pretty big deal. In the the New Testament world, though, it really wasn't. Uh, This was a day when hotels were were few and far between, and and what hotels and inns that did exist, only the very, very rich were were able to afford them. And so in that culture, it was customary if you were asked to allow someone to stay in your home. In fact, that was kind of the expected thing to do. If you didn't do that, you were looked down upon. So, So Gaius is being generous with his home, but... Not overly so. He really was kind of just doing what everybody knew they were supposed to do. To be, or to not allow someone to to stay in your home in the New Testament world would have been seen as being kind of rude and against the social norm. So, So Gaius is just kind of doing what everybody was supposed to be doing. But unfortunately... There were those who didn't do this. A little later in the letter, uh, John is going to describe a fellow by the name of Diotrephes, who was not allowing missionaries to stay in his home. And it actually gets worse than that. He was actually working against the work that they were doing as, as missionaries. And to see why that was, was so critical, John starts with this positive example of this fellow named Gaius. The folks that he was allowing to stay in his home were some of the very first missionaries. According to verse 7, they had been sent out by the church for the sake of the name. Sent out in the name of Jesus. 
to share the good news of Christ. These folks have been sent out by the church to spread the message of the gospel to communities that hadn't heard it yet. You think, we have a lot of communities that haven't heard the gospel. You go back to the New Testament world, and basically every community needed to be reached. You think, our task is big today. (laughs) Their task was enormous, and they had fewer people to do it. John notes how the only way the gospel was going to spread was if these missionaries received support from believers. Gaius got that. He understood that. And he made the commitment to do his part. Now, we don't know a lot about Gaius. We talked about this last week when we looked at the first part of this this letter. We we don't really know who Gaius was, a very common name in in the New Testament world. We don't know anything about his background other than what we have here in this letter. We don't know if he was rich or poor or somewhere in between. But, But apparently what he had, he gave to the cause of Christ. He let missionaries stay in his home. And people took note. As those missionaries continued their journey, they sent back reports to the church of of what was going on and, and how the Lord was working. And one of the things that they noted was the hospitality they received from Gaius. That's really the occasion of why John's writing this letter, to say thank you to Gaius for what he was doing to help these missionaries in the task. According to verse 6, Here's how John put it. He said, they have told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. Uh, These missionaries had been sent out by the church. They were following the call that Christ had put upon their life to take the message of Jesus Christ out to the world. They were going in the name of of Jesus, and so John tells Gaius to treat them in the way that Jesus would have treated them. He uses an interesting phrase here. He says, send them on their way. That phrase includes the the idea that, that he was to continue to support them even after they left his home. And it actually even includes the idea that, hey, Gaius, maybe you could go with them on some of their missionary journeys. John is both commending his friend for what he had done and encouraging him to continue to be a part of the missionary endeavor. So the plan for reaching the world in the New Testament, in in that time when the, the church was brand new, the gospel was brand new, all of this was brand new, the plan was really simple. Those who were called by Christ should go to the mission field. And those who remained in the church should continue to support their mission. That's it. It was as straightforward as it could be. Those who are called by Christ should go. Those who remain should support those who go. And folks, that formula hasn't changed. The International Mission Board has a simple motto for accomplishing the Great Commission. Every church Every nation, every church, every nation, every church, 
must be a part of this mission endeavor in order that we can reach every nation with the gospel. That's pretty exciting when you think about it. Here's some of the goals that the International Mission Board has set for the next five years. One is to mobilize 75% of Southern Baptist churches to support the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. This church has continually, every year, been so generous and so gracious in your giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Thank you for what you do in giving to missions through that, that offering. Those monies go directly to the mission field, directly to supporting our missionaries. Thank you for what you do in supporting the Lottie Moon Christmas offering every year. Second goal is to send an additional 500 fully funded missionaries. Now, many of you know that a year or so ago, the International Mission Board had to recall some missionaries off of the field, had to bring some people home because they just didn't have the resources to keep them out there. That's a tragic thing. That's a tragedy. And the International Mission Board says they want to turn that around. So bringing people home, we want to send people out. They have a goal of an additional 500 fully funded missionaries over the next five years. Third, they, they'd like to mobilize 500 global mission partners. Uh, we, we realize we can't do this by ourselves. This is not a Southern Baptist thing. This is not a U.S. thing. This is a Christian body of Christ worldwide thing. We need to work together. Those of us who who share faith in Jesus Christ, we need to partner together, use the resources that we have to share our faith as effectively as we possibly can to make sure every person alive has an opportunity to hear the gospel. We need partners to do that. And their goal is to partner with 500 global mission partners over the next five years. Fourth, engage 75 global cities in mission Strategy. The, the IMB has recognized that you know, you know, cities are where people live. Obviously, there are people in the country, too. They're not leaving them out. But they, they recognize that, that we, we need to get churches planted in every major global city in our world where people can hear the good news of Christ. And then finally, to increase the Lottie Moon Christmas offering by 6% annually. If we're going to send 500 new missionaries, we've got to have the resources to do that. So their strategy is to increase that offering by 6% annually for the next five years. So what does that mean for National Heights Baptist Church? Well, like I said when I started off, one of the reasons I came here was because I saw your commitment to missions, your commitment to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with our world. So keep on keeping on with that. We need more people like Gaius. Now, again, we don't know anything about him. Except that Gaius said, you know, whatever I can do, I'm, I'm going to support that mission endeavor. And, and if that means opening my back bedroom, I'll do that. I can do that. I got extra room. Come on in, guys. You can stay there while you're here. And then John encourages them, then send them on their way, helping them as they go. And, hey, Gaius, maybe, maybe you ought to think about going yourself. What he did later, we don't know. We don't know the rest of the story here. One of those things we'll find out when we get to heaven. We just have got uh, the letter that John wrote to him here. We, we, we don't know what, what, what happens next. But I think it's not too hard to understand that Gaius probably said, you know what? I think I can do more. He did what he could. 
And that's what we need to do. We need to do what we can to make sure that our world has an opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We can all do something. First of all, we can all pray. And our missionaries need our prayers. Not just during the week of prayer that we have every year at the Christmas Christmastime, but all throughout the year. They face challenges and struggles every day. Uh, they face the challenges and struggles that you do. <laughs> they got to feed their family. They got to keep a roof over their head. They got to do all the things that just we all have to do. I mean, they have those challenges. But on top of that, there's have been they've been called to reach a community for Christ. They they've been given a specific call to to go to a a, a city in China, to go to a, a city in South America, to to go to a rural community. Uh, in Bolivia, to, to f- that place, wherever it is that God has called them. And God has tasked them with reaching uh, that community. And sometimes that's very challenging. Sometimes that's very difficult. Often they are in communities where they're not exactly welcome. <laughs> where there aren't any people like Gaius that are opening their home and letting them come in. If anything, they're trying to run them off. So they need our prayer. Anybody can do that. We can all pray for the missionaries that are on the field. And Jesus told his disciples and tells us through the scripture that we should pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the field. We can all pray that prayer too. God, there's a great need out there. Send people into the world. Call those that you have chosen to take your message to a lost and dying world. We can all pray that prayer. All of us, anybody, anywhere that knows the Lord, we can all pray. But secondly, we can give. Now, we have mission emphases uh, at specific times during the year. We have our Lottie Moon Christmas offering during the Christmas season. We have our uh, North American Mission Board offering during the Easter season. We have our, our Missouri Mission offering in, in September. We have our, our Green County Baptist Association offering in, in May. So we have some special emphases through the year, but, but, but you know that missionaries have needs all year long. If we're going to send out 500 more missionaries, we're going to be required to sacrifice to support them, to make sure that they have what they need. We do that through our cooperative program. We do that through sending monies to the International Mission Board, the North American Mission Board. Pray about how you can respond to the needs of missionaries around the world. We can all pray. We can all give. And some of us, some of us, are called to go. Now, we don't know how Gaius responded to John's appeal but the door is, is opened wide for him to join into the, the mission process. That, that door is open for you, too. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm getting to retirement age. You all know that. Had that announcement a few weeks back. But one thing I've been thinking about is, you know, there is a huge, huge number of, of retired Southern Baptists. That the Lord is blessed in some wonderful ways, and 
they're able to travel and able to do some things that they weren't able to do during that time that they were just just imagine just, just imagine what might happen say your your family decides we're we're going to go up to Toronto had never been to Canada so I think we're going to go visit Toronto Canada go see the sights and so you you set aside a week maybe two to go up to Toronto spend some time in Toronto seeing the sights that's great that's wonderful I applaud you for that. That's, that's just, but imagine what might happen if, if there was a missionary couple in Toronto. And while you're there, just while you're in Toronto, you take a couple of days out, out, out of your vacation while you're there and just go to, to them and say, hey, what can I do to help you? What can I do to bless you and your family? And maybe they planted a church and uh, they're, they're, maybe they started it in a little where some shops are, a little strip mall, you know, a little place where there's some stores, and they're trying to remodel that, that area, and, and they've really needed to get the nursery area where the kiddos are going to be kept. They've needed somebody to paint that. They just hadn't had time to get to it. And you could come and say, hey, let us buy a gallon of paint. Show us where you need to go. We'll, we'll go paint that for you. Wouldn't that be exciting? Now, now, let's say you did that as well as the thousands of other retired Southern Baptist. That when they went on a vacation, they just, you know, called up the International Mission Board and hey, you got any missionaries in, in this area where I'm going to be going? Any way I can help for a couple of days while I'm there? You start multiplying that out. There's an enormous possibility for what God could do through that. Now, there's some place you can find out more about this. A uh, couple of websites for the International Mission Board. It's imb.org and uh, then Opportunity Finder. You've got the, the address up there. It just talks about some different opportunities that are out there for going, some things that you can do to go and to, to partner with some missionaries or bless some missionaries or help them. For the North American Mission Board, it's namb.net, and then go is the, the, the link there. And you can see some ways that you can connect with them. I, I love this picture. Most of you know about William Carey, who's one of the very first missionaries. He once compared the mission endeavor to climbing a mountain. And I don't mean just, you know, taking a hike. I mean, you know, the guys that have the ropes and the, what are those things called? Pylons? I don't know. That's not pylons. That's right. Those little things is the hammer into the side of the mountain. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The, the guys on the National Geographic channel that are really climbing the mountain. That's the kind of mountain climbing he was talking about. And here's what he said. He said, I will go if you will hold the ropes. Isn't that a great picture of, of the mission strategy? Remember what, what I said, that the, the New Testament church... The strategy was really simple. There were those who were called and they went. And there were those who remained in the church and they supported those who went. That was the plan. And it's still the plan today. We have missionaries that will go. And if God's calling you to go on the mission field, you'll never be happy unless you do that. You will never be satisfied in your life. If God's calling you to do something, you'll never be satisfied until you do it. And there are those who are called. And those folks need to go. They need to go on the mission field. Not all of us are called. We're called here. We're called the National Baptist Church. We're called the ministry here in Springfield, Missouri. 
But as we stay here, somebody needs to hold the ropes. Well, those missionaries climb the mountain. Pray that the Lord will show you which one of those you need to be. The one who's climbing the mountain or the one who's holding the rope. And then pray that the Lord will lead you to do that well. Heavenly Father, uh, first of all, I want to give you thanks for a mission-minded church. For a church that believes in the importance of supporting the mission endeavor. This church has a tremendous heritage of supporting missionaries around the world through special offerings and through daily giving. And Lord, I just thank you for that. I praise you for folks that you planted in their heart the absolute essential importance of taking the gospel to the world. And, and I pray you'll continue to give them that, that mission-minded spirit that understanding that, that some need to go and some need to hold the ropes. <laughs> Lord, I do pray that you know, maybe there's some folks here that can go. Maybe they could go on a short-term mission endeavor. Maybe that even just a couple of days helping a missionary somewhere. Or, or maybe even a longer-term mission situation. Maybe you're, you're birthing in their heart a, a call to the mission field. And, Lord, I just pray you'd help them as they pray through that, that decision. Just, just give them the, the wisdom to know exactly what you're calling them to do. Many of you have called right here to Springfield, Missouri, to the mission field that is right here right now. And just, just help us, Lord, to share your gospel here as well. Wherever you've called us, Lord, whatever you have called us to do, help us to heed your call. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation, an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. We've been talking about missions, but we want to do a little missions right now. Because we want you to know the message of the gospel. The message of Christ's love for you. See, see that's why John was commending Gaius. It's why the Bible over and over again talks about our responsibility to share the the message of, of our Savior, and, and why this church has done that for all these years, because we know how essential it is for everyone to hear the gospel. And the gospel is really simple. First, we, we have to realize who God is. He's the creator of the universe. He, he made it all. He made you and me. But we have a, a problem. We're separated from God because of our sins. We've all fallen short. We've all done things that God told us that we should be doing and we didn't do it. Or he, he, he told us not to do something and we did it. We, we willfully made a choice to, to disobey His command, which means that we're not as perfect as God is. And that's a problem. Because God cannot have sin in His presence. And we can't do anything about that. No matter what we do, we can't. Make our way to, to God. But God, in His love and mercy, solved our problem. He did what only God could do. He came into our world. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is God Himself. Come into our world, living a perfect life, and then giving a perfect sacrifice on the cross. When He died on the cross, 
He did not have to die. It was not required that he die. But he willingly gave his life for you so that he could pay the price for your sin and for my sin. And then three days later, he rose again to prove that what he said is true, that he and he alone is Lord of all. And right now, right here today, you can receive him as the Lord of your life. He says it's not enough just to know that God exists. It has to be that time that you personally receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we want to invite you to do that this morning. In just a moment, we'll be singing together. I'll be standing here at the front of the church. And I would be honored to sit down with you and share with you the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, I realize, you know, it's a pandemic thing still kind of going on. And some folks just not really comfortable with doing the face-to-face thing. That's okay. We've made some other ways that you can respond this morning. If you're here with us, there's a, a white card in the pew rack before you. It says connection card on the top of it. Just take one of those cards. Give me a way to contact you this week. Your address, phone number, email address, whatever you feel most comfortable giving me. And then just write on the card, I want to know how to accept Jesus. Or there's even a little checkbox. Check the box. I want to know how to follow Jesus. And then as you leave, you'll see some baskets at the exit doors. Just drop that card in the basket. I would be honored to, to contact you during the week. Let you know how you can know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior too. If you're watching us online, we have a digital version of that very same connection card. It's on our website, nationalheights.org. You can see the link. The link's simply hello, but it's, it's right there in, on our Facebook feed. Uh, just, you'll see it there. Just follow that link. Or if you're watching us on our website, the link is just below where the video appears. Uh, again, just follow that link. Give me a way to contact you. There's a little form there. You can indicate the way that you prefer to be contacted. And, and then just cl- check the box. I want to follow Jesus. We'll be in touch with you this week to let you know how you can know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe there's some other ways that God is leading you this morning. Maybe you're looking for a church home, a place where you can plant your life for the Savior. You won't find a a better Bible-believing church than National Heights Baptist Church. And we would be thrilled for you to be a part of our congregation here. Love to share with you how you can do that. Again, you can come and I'll share that with you this morning or write that on the card, check the box. If you're watching us online, you do the same thing. Maybe there's some other ways that, that God is leading you today. Uh, maybe you have a prayer need, something that's uh, heavy on your heart, and you just really would appreciate some fellow believers praying with you. We would be honored to do that. On the reverse side of that connection card, there's a place where you can write down your, your prayer request. If you're watching online, it's at the very bottom of the form where you can type that in. We would be honored to pray with you this week about whatever it is that is a need in your life. Whatever way God is leading you this morning, we invite you to respond to his call as we stand together, as we sing.